Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, everyone. It's Imogen, the voice of Imogen from Stella Firma. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Waters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, that's woe, full stop, begone, wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later.
Hello and welcome to the Stellafirma Season 3 Mailbag. My name's Tim, and this crazy cat over here is called... Ben. There he is. They call him Jazzy Ben. I'm very, Old fun yes. Ben. Oh, I'm, so he's very, very fun. Um, yes. Hey Ben, what crazy capers have you been getting up to I recently? I ate an apple. Uh-huh. Did you eat the core, or did you no, discard oh, no, no, that no, for no, safety no, reasons? discard the other, you know, cyanide. <laughs> God, you can't keep him down. Um, so we've received your questions. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone into a sort of a radio presenter voice. Hello, we've everybody. Your... <laughs> uh, we've received your questions via the internet, um, and and we've got a little selection here that we're going to scroll through and, and try and, and try and let you in on a little insight on on the on the on, on the crazy. Oh gosh, what a, what a bunch of um, oh, you know how how it's made and stuff. It's mostly microphones and Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, scoop, scoop, scoop. Skype. It's, I was trying to say Skype, but also Zoom. So I said scoop, scoop. It's just sco- you know what? When we're making Stella Firma, the secret is scoop. And Tim, no more Tim, questions. Tim texts me. He's like, "Hi Ben, scoop me." <laughs> um, Ben, scoop. And then I just get an emoji of I don't know Bruce Willis doing a thumbs up. I don't. I don't know. There's Gifts. an emoji of him. That's a gift now? Is it's it an emoji or a gift? Okay. I'm very... Look, I'm 28, but I'm also incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> I am both of those things. Um, so we're going to take it in turns. I'm going to let Ben oh. take the first reading of a question. Uh, right, so the first question we have is from BN Mara. And the question is, with the Between Seasons content, crossovers, and the album, you've explored quite a lot of formats within the Stellar universe. Given unlimited time and resources, is there any format or story you would still want to try out? Uh, not in the what can we expect in the future sense, but more along the lines of this sounds absolutely ridiculous and is technically impossible, but sure would be fun. I did have a thought. Oh. Not, not technically. I know it's shocking, A whole isn't thought. It? A whole, well, you know what? Let's say I've got three quarters and see what happens towards okay. the end. Okay. I was thinking not technically impossible, but it would be really cool to do proper like animated episodes. I think the show would suit animation quite well. Yes. Because it's like a one room show but with a lot of speculative thinking of elsewhere and, and... Yeah, I think also it's the only kind of format that could keep up with the vastly varying descriptions we give of the characters. You'd need, you'd need things to be fluid. You'd need a background to be able to change and change back without it being strange. Yep. And I think animation's your friend there. Well, quite honestly, the animatics that I've seen, fan-made animatics, are all fabulous. Yeah, so just like full 35-minute versions of those, please, but for new productions. Yes, absolutely. If anybody knows Leica, um, put them in touch with us. Oh, so wait, hang on a minute. So you're going stop motion, not drawn. I didn't think that until I said Leica, because I was trying to remember an animation house. Um, But that would be cool. stop motion would be... that. Actually, yes, unlimited time and budget. Stop motion, because it's just yeah. a really fun fun format. It's a fun medium. Imagine Trexel and the two strings. Come on. Oh, That'd be good. No. What are these strings for? <laughs> Who are you? Are you some sort of metaphor for death? Ah, piss off. You know, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, d- I don't have a different answer. I think that would be fab. I'd really like to see that. And that has crowded anything else that could have been <laughs> in my brain out of it, as I'm now like, stop motion, Stella Firma, please. Would that... Class to, would that be classed as a full thought, Ben? Would you allow it? I th- I think that's a thought and a bit, to be honest. Ooh. I a thought and a bit. God, I can't believe the show's over and I've just hit my stride. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that and also, and this is totally out of our control in terms of being able to do, um, would, would be live shows. I'd love to do some live stage performances oh. because... Oh, oh live oh, improv. 
Oh. How do you feel about that, Ben? Mm, mixed. Mm, I think you'd be good. Mixed. I mean, the um, you know the character. To, you know the character well enough. Yeah, for, I yeah, think yeah. It the, not to be an um, issue. Oh no! What was the name of it? Um, Outpost Con. The Outpost Con panel we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, it would essentially be that, yeah. except you know, in a hot, sweaty room yeah. on the Steen in Brighton. Yeah. Also, we did a we did a panel, a panel for Outpost Con, and I don't know if you can access it like publicly. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, was it on YouTube, case, mate? We did one for Outpost Con, so go take a look. Go take a look. Can't tell you how to find it. Google Outpost Con and, I don't know, Stella Firma. I would assume it would it. have the name of the thing you we're know, doing. So. I've definitely linked, it's linked to on the Discord every now and again, there and I go. watch it when I'm feeling down, because we did an excellent job. Oh, good, good. This one is from No Name. I think that's, I think that's just... People. I, I, yeah, I think maybe, or it was just anonymously submitted, but there's just like an all lowercase in brackets... No name. They've been stricken um, from the record. Uh, so um, in the season one Q&A, you mentioned that you knew how the story would end. Did that change as seasons two and three went on with all the twists and turns? Or did it serve as a guiding point for the entirety of the production? What was it like to see where the story went and how the initial proposal changed from planet designing to sales to complaints and so on in comparison to what you expected when you first started out? I apologise for how poorly I read that. There were many sub-clauses and my face got away from my brain. The Broad strokes were the same. And I need to remember that all the episodes have aired now, so there is no spoilers anymore Spoiler because they're away. all out there. Um, so definitely for my part, it was it was quite similar, except that I was definitely advocating for um, David to just be like, sod this and explode the whole station. Yeah. And just yeah, kill ben everyone. Was very harsh advocate for that ending. Yeah. And you know what? I had sympathy for that ending. I liked it. I was on board. Then we pitched it to the network and they said... Do do you? Hey guys, hi. Um, is it is the Rusty protagonist murder everyone ending really? Do you want to finish your comedy show with a genocide? I'm not sure you do. I think you think that will be good, and they did have a point. I think they did have a point. I'm a big fan of like bleak, punchy endings. And we you knew like, obviously all plays to end with a gunshot and then cut to black. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a student <laughs> production of anything. <laughs> I'm going to smoke on stage and say the word f- because yeah. I can. Well, you've just been bleeped out, so you can't say that word. Oh, I've been censored. Yeah, that's it. Um, Do you think quick, they had to get a, get a column? I... Quick, get a column about how you've been silenced. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this megaphone and this television show. Let me speak. Yeah. Do you think when I said cigarette, they had to bleep out as well? No, of, uh, no. I think people, we can acknowledge the existence of smoking. Oh, we'll, we'll go. We'll do a George Lucas and just call them death sticks. Death sticks. Do you care for what about this? Stick? What about this? Marijuana. Bennies. Do you want a puff tube? Ludes. A ludes. That is a different thing, Tim. Quaaludes. Uh, no, a lude. Well, okay. Now lude me. Anyway, we're getting off topic. But there were yeah two significant changes because the broad structure was the same, which is first Trexel. Blew himself out of an airlock, not an escape yes. pod, and took ev- like everyone died. So the same it people went out the air- airlock, but everybody died. And then David was like self-destruct Stella Firma, and and everyone everyone goes boom. Yeah, but we were we were warned off the everyone's dead, and you know yeah. what? That was also a certain amount of. Whilst we very much built Stella Firma as a three season arc. When you got to, when we got to the end of it, there was a certain amount of like, cool. I don't want to murder all these people necessarily. We might want to do something with them at some point in the future. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. There's an maybe open... not. Who yeah. knows? You can't do that if they're all dead. So there is very much a this story sits on its own. We could stop now and never do anything again, and I'd still be very happy with what we've done. Or two years time, we come back to and do something. Who knows? Yeah, and open and, open to discussion and kind of to the to the second part because basically the the you know how was the ending. 
basically the same, but we made it a little lighter and I think in retrospect better, hopefully, yeah. unless, this yeah. is, unless it came out and everybody hated it. Yeah. Uh, at which point it was terrible and I never wanted it to happen. And, and we they were against me those creatively. Yeah. Yeah, and we wanted go. to kill them all and they wouldn't let yeah, us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, unless we unless you did like it and then we actually we actually went to Rusquil and suggested it ourselves. Uh, but the second part of that question is also like, what was it like to see where the story went and how the initial proposal changed uh, in comparison to what we expected? And like, I think it was interesting. Obviously, the proposals changed mainly to keep things fresh. Because we got to yeah. the end of season one, and I think we've spoken about this before. We got to the end of season one and was like, well, we're running out of ideas. Let's reframe the problem. Yeah, because it, it, it's very, especially within improv, it's not like the characters changed or what we were doing really changed, but there was just a little bit of change in perspective that yeah. allows you to do more, be silly in a different way. Because at the end of the day, we're taking briefs and we're coming up with ideas. But when you can be like, right, this is a bit more salesy, that one's about war, it just allows, it just it just keeps it fresh and fun and means that you don't get to episode 50 and think, oh God, what have we done? And, I can't remember. And you can only ask like, so what's the gravity like so many times before you're like, look, we've answered the question basically every way that this can and be answered. And Bryn is unhappy with every answer oh, we come yes, up with. absolutely. I can't believe that, man. Yeah, and, and like also I think the one thing that is noticed... Or, or Tim sort of um, got on when we were planning out season three, is I, I think you will notice that seasons one and two, you know, the characters are pretty consistent. And then season three went, ah, yes, a narrative. We should <laughs> Let's develop these those. characters. Yes. <laughs> so I think they went through well, a little yeah. more change. The show was conceived in a very sort of, this will be fun and a quite low production heavy thing. Mm. And then towards season three, we were like, actually, we can do more with this. We can do more with the characters. We can do more with the plot. Partly because we were coming to the end and you suddenly like, oh gosh, here's the last chance to do, yeah. to do a lot of that. And also to a certain yeah. extent, thanks to you lot, people listened to it. And yeah. it was like, oh, well, we should put in, you know. We should put in more effort into this because people seem to like it. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> done an animatic. Let's step up our game. Yep, absolutely. Uh, actually, this is good that I'm reading this out because this is kind of a question for you. I wasn't really involved. Um, did you have to convince Alex to let you do the album or was he on board straight away? He was on board after I'd announced it. Um, <laughs> yes. So it was something we were sort of joking about. We we're like, oh, what did it be? Oh. And then I mocked up a demo and I released it and I got a message from him saying, right, so this is happening then, is it? Uh, <laughs> and he was very, very helpful and very on board and thought it could be a good thing. But there was very much a, I decided it was something I would tell people we would do. And, and then he was like, well, I, I suppose we sort of should now. <laughs> Definitely uh, <laughs> a asking forgiveness rather than permission kind of moment. The tail somewhat wagged the dog on that one. But uh, <laughs> yes, I worked on it on my own doing demos for all but one or two of the songs which came to the end so I had sort of demos and all of them um, and then um, Alex said would you like some money to to do some production value with this and that's when we got um, Dr Beaver and, and Joe involved and went to a lovely studio and, and recorded everything um, in a in a race against time uh, for lockdown as I yes, remember yes <laughs> I think we, went, we were like the last weekend before lockdown we're like just get it done just get, get, just get a studio um, yeah, all worked yeah. out. It all worked out. But yes, he was very supportive. Iris, um, at what point did you know that you wanted Bathin to be a voice character? And how did you pick Travis McElroy eventually? Yes. Picks. Yes, because we were like, get me Travis, we yes. demanded as we stamped on a cigar in an office. No, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, this was basically a a, a pretty much purely opportunistic thing. Oh, yeah. Travis tweeted that he enjoyed the Magnus archives. Both Tim and I... 
you know, are fans of some of the, the McElroy stuff. Like we both listened to Mabim Bam. I love a know. Monster Factory. Monster Factory is a lot of fun. I heartily enjoyed um, Amnesty and Balance. You know, we were like, oh, we could maybe have uh, McElroy as a guest star. That would be very helpful for publicity. Um, given their profile when compared to ours. It's no small thing. We no, are a relatively small production. Absolutely. So there's, you know, there's <laughs> solid advertising and the ability to reach a, a larger audience by including people. Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't intend initially, I, I sort of thought Bathin would remain, uh, remain un, unvoiced and wouldn't yeah. turn up. But well, it's because we like, Bathin oh. was an offhand joke from a submission. Yeah, Bathin <laughs> has taken on a lot more importance than I ever intended. Yes, I suppose actually for the second question, <laughs> that's one thing with the story changed. Like, Bathard was just like, uh, oh, look, here's a, a hunky poster boy. I think so much of what has become popular and quote-unquote important to the canon has all been like, oh, oh, that's the thing that everyone... Okay, well, yeah. let's let's write in more of that. Uh, and also, yeah. I think vastly more of Bathard's character exists in fan works than it oh. ever does in the, you know. if you actually add up all of the oh, details of Bathin, there's about three lines and a lot of yelling Bathin. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, it. pretty much. From Nix, was Hartro helping out the main gang always intended to be a season three plot point? Where'd that idea come from? Uh, Jenny is fun to work with. <laughs> yes, yes, Hartro <laughs> is very good, and I think was it? Uh, did we plan it in the in the third season, or was it the case where we just had we had an episode with Jenny in it, and we're just like. We need to do this more because there's not going to be enough like review episodes, you know, before yes, we before yes. we so stop. A certain amount of, of we we want to get we want to get Jenny in for more stuff. The dynamic of the three of them together is so much fun. Oh, yeah, it's really but good. we can't just but but like for two seasons it's been every review and we yeah, yeah you can't just be like it's review is every week now, uh, every day now. So yeah, we we just decided to to have her in for a, for a, for a run and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun those records almost like 90% of the bloopers come out of those records i think that is my favorite section of the show to be honest i'd agree definitely the I'd best agree. part i think of season 3 like obviously you know different episodes have have, have highlights but as like a, a run having jenny on and doing a um what's it called a three-hander right a three-hander as opposed to ben a two-hander correct now you're a theaterman Ooh, they call me Ben Theaterman. Do your best toast in, toast impression. Um, uh, can you hear me, Toast? I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Now, can, can I do it? Can you hear me, Toast? I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Oh, yes, of course. It's Matt Berry. So you have to be like, Clem Fandango. I'd like a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of a horse sometimes. That's anyway. just Trexel at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. No, no one should know that Trexel is 30% Matt Berry, 20% Brian Blessed, and the rest is me. That's, that's, that's a solid rest. That's a... A very distressing but fun cocktail. In short, Jenny was loads of fun to work with, so he found an excuse to work with her more. Basically. Uh, ben, next next show, three-hander with Jenny, done, sold. I mean, I'd be In up the for books. It. That's how we decide things depends, here, depends on the large... Q&A. <laughs> well, it's like like with the album, we just announce it, and then Alex has to agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll call it the uh, the Ben and Jenny show feet featuring Tim. Tim. No, no, not uh, featuring, be... feet. Feet, feet yeah, Tim. dot Tim, uh, and I'll be sort of moodily in the corner spitting out rhymes. Tim, you need to read this one now, thank oh, you. Oh, thanks, Ben. Um, this one's from Straw Cup. Um, to what extent does the soundscaping and other audio editing add to or differ from what you have in mind when recording the episodes? Uh, does it help to make the more chaotic nature of the improv more cohesive? Oh, yeah, I think it's it's a process thing. So I think it's more for you to answer. But I can I can definitely give my opinion on that second yes, part. Yes, because you, you, you are very much divorced in the process in that you're involved in the recording and then you basically hear the episode yes. that goes out, whereas I hear it at a, a couple of different stages. So uh, how does it compare to what... 
what you think is going to happen. Oh, I don't have anything in my brain unless we like we, unless we're making like a speci- you know a head empty only David. Um, <laughs> no, specifically like unless we're doing a specific gag about like you know you getting electrocuted in the doors, right? You know that yeah. that is like oh yeah, there'll be like an electronic buzz kind of coming out of that. But from the um, from like the listening point of view, from when we record it, I think it absolutely does help hugely to make the improv cohesive, especially you know because standard audio drama stuff. But it massively helps to underscore the action. Yeah, and that's really it. Like it, it gives you a sense of space and placement of the characters like for example interaction yeah one thing i didn't expect is when david's got their own room we've got like that muffled sound to tell you when characters are in like the business warfare room when characters are in david's sort of the clone room and that was really nice not something i expected at all but massively helps to know where where characters are especially with the remote record because it's hard, it's hard from this side to sort of know how much it affects, you know, being in a studio together and being able to sort of gesticulate and do more stuff and like a, a little bit of in-room foley to we are always all in separate places, sometimes three of us and it being, you know, it can very easily end up being a weird null space in which we are interacting. Uh, obviously, Maddie, most of all in, in the last um, sort of series and a half, but um, Ed and David before then, just giving those things a bit of heft and a bit of weight yeah, yes. I think a lot of like slapstick is completely impossible to sell without it, and there is a fair bit of slapstick in the show, and and I I always like put it in and know that Maddie or or, or Ed and David before um uh, will be able to sort of get the get the rhythms in there, and to be honest, most of the time I don't really have to do much on that. I just say here it is, and every now and again I'm like move that a little bit forward, or oh I've heard a little mistake here, but nine times out of ten. Uh, especially on the last season with Maddie, she's uh, absolutely <laughs> nailed it. So well done, Maddie! A double award winning. I'm looking up now at the two sound design awards she won. I'm just looking across. Well, one for Ben. One for the show. Two one for ben. Imogen and one for Ben. Is there? Yeah. It's no, two not for. What well, two? One's from 2019. One's from 2020. Just checking if there's any more. <laughs> no, that's where. It's a good two. bit, okay. and you're going to dine on that out on that for a long time. <laughs> Um, next question. Uh, right, so this question is from Quinn. I feel like the satirical, political, pointed commentary on the 21st century society element has become more overt over time. Was that always intended in a hook them with comedy and then make them stop and think kind of way, or did it just develop naturally? I think it's a very natural development. I think there was a certain amount of early on we were just trying to make a... Right, does this work? Does this thing work? Right, comedy, and then more of because like loads of that stuff is just the kind of stuff me and ben yell at each other anyway and i yeah. think when we relaxed and calmed down a bit a lot more of that had room because we, we were having fun yes and i think also like it was always always there because i think anyone who pretends that well to be honest any kind of fiction is apolitical but especially you know sci-fi we are doing this is obviously a sci-fi i'm just gonna stop there ben you really need to hit the A in apolitical because you just said anything that's a political, and and it didn't entirely come across. That's what you okay. were saying. Well, a we'll political this... what? Yes, no, a apolitical, not political. You know the the um. You, the, you, have, the... you have a master's in English and you can't speak. I don't have a master's in speaking. Well, English is. Oh, my argument's fallen apart. We we. Um. But yeah, like <laughs> it's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's a story anyway it's a sci-fi story it is a story about a corporate dystopia and it's also a story where we included the idea of clones which in and of itself is like 
It's a can of worms. It's a can of worms. And to not address it and just be like, ha, 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 clones are just a fun, you know, thing that we don't need to examine any further is is just, I mean, cowardly, pathetic and grossly irresponsible. Well, and I mean, we were hoping to be all of those things, but alas, we were brave, righteous and really cool. I I realise the guys. I, hey, I don't say I'm not pretending uh, that we we got it perfect or even got it that right. Like gave it our best shot. I think but, we got it know. not wrong enough that people were okay with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's really all that that I aim for. Um, and I also think there was. Um, and I do genuinely think this part of it. I was listening throughout most of the production uh, to a podcast called Revolutions, and it went from the French Revolution to the Russian Revolution during production. And I suddenly had a lot more facts about <laughs> early communists. <laughs> I do enjoy how yes, like. There's a lot of like weird Trexel pulls about sort of you know the the red Bolsheviks or something, and yeah, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, wow, yeah. that's a really obscure name you've pulled out there. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about the Mensheviks. They don't get as much yeah. known as the minority because Bolshevik I think means majority and Menshevik means minority. I think oh. I can't remember if it's I that don't. way round. Stuff like that. It's a good podcast. Listen to it. Oh yeah, and I, I have a podcast recommendation if you just want to be furious oh, yeah. about everything. Um, behind the bastards. Oh yeah, it'll it's make very you cross. Yeah, oh, yeah, it makes you very cross. But it's good information if a little bit American centric. But you know they're yeah. American, so you know as is everything else on the internet. As is everyone actually. If you mm. actually, if you check, you check. Everyone's an American. It's weird. Um, this one's from Moose. Moose asks, now that the series has come to a close, what's your favourite memory from recording Stella Firma? Uh, never having to record with my brother ever again. It's going to be a great memory, never having to remember that ever again, isn't it? Yes. Do you want an emotionally open and honest answer, or do you want to keep on this on this masculine bullshit? I have a terrible memory, so I don't have a specific favourite memory. Wow. Wow. I... No, yeah, what? That's that's wow. just that's three you know, years. Wow. That's, that's my brain falling apart, to be honest. Um, <laughs> like a wet cake. Yes. No, I just really in- enjoyed all of it, to be honest. Enjoyed like, all of it. It's just fun. It's, it's like just a been really crap fun. Best man speech. You know what I, know. I like most about Mark? All of it. I anyway, mean, you spent most group. of my best man speech complaining. And so. it was an excellent best man speech. Highlight of the wedding? That's not for me to say. That's for the people to chant. <laughs> They're like, Tim should get married to the concept of being great. That's what should happen. They all chanted. So how about your memory, Tim? How about your specific memory that you're definitely going to come up with? I have one. I Ooh. really enjoyed it when uh, when Erin um, came in um, to record um, and just immediately sat down and started discussing how they had farted so badly they had to leave all of the doors and windows of their car open <laughs> while they went to a shop. And then I said, we are recording this. And they said something on lines of like, I don't f***ing care. <laughs> that was one of the, yeah, that and probably uh, a recording with Jenny when we were doing the, I think this might have been in studio Oh, was it was it over Zoom? It was one of the training sessions, and it was either the Chicken Grain and Fox one or the D and D one. The, the uh, Planets and Protagonists episode, and Protagonist is, episode. Is, uh, is was great. The recording of that because we were yeah. all three of us in this in the studio having a, in this having room, a bunch of fun, having yeah. a bunch of fun. It was very much like cool. I'm being paid to do this. This is awesome. Uh, this is from Noblesse Jess. Uh, looking back on the series, is there anything you would change? The actor that plays David. He's talking about me. I'd like to get... Who would I like for David? I'd like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Tractor! I'm a clone! <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, mine is the actor who plays Dragon. Uh, and who would you have? Would you? Who would you get to replace them? I actually, I think uh, you could do a, a good, a good uh, thing of a 
Matt Berry, Richard Ioardi vehicle. You know, oh, really going yes. back to like the Channel 4 sort of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place sort of Mighty Boosh era, which was on BBC, but not, you know. But that sort of thing, I think you'd, you'd, get, I think you'd get a good one out of that. A, a weird Hollywood adaptation with Matt Berry and Richard Ioardi would okay. be a lot of fun. I don't think either of those actors have the clout to get a Hollywood adaptation. They're, they're very much, they very much exist in the That's true. fun yes, on Richard, British TV. Richard Maybe Matt, Matt Berry with a little bit of, um, you yeah, know... Richard, when, when he directed Submarine and got a little bit more profile, he was in that awful Ben Stiller comedy, which isn't his fault. He was quite good in it, called the... It was like The Watch or something. It was like the local neighborhood watch i think it might have been called neighborhood watch um, uh, and it was like yes, a big production that. but it didn't do okay. very well i also don't think he particularly enjoyed uh, hollywood because it's awful uh is there anything you would change um it might give you a bit of thinking time like being honest i don't know yet we i i don't think i've had enough space from it to start to be able to break down like broadly i'm quite proud of what we did hmm. i think it was pretty good it definitely wasn't perfect uh, so I'm sure there will be stuff that I think, oh, we could change that, but I don't have anything specific at the moment. I thought it was perfect. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm in a similar boat. It seems a bit of a crop out answer, but like currently I'm just, I was just focused on getting it, getting it over the line. Yeah. And I'm sure in a year's time I'll be like, ah, oh, I wish we'd done this or I wish we'd done that. I think I wish we'd maybe, maybe what I'd change is something that would be impossible to change, which is having done a season before we did the first season, just so we could work out some of the kinks. But mm. how the hell is that supposed to work? I've thought of something as well. Um, having more guests. Yes, absolutely. You'll, you'll notice we got more guests towards the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it makes it more fun. And and also because, you know, it was pointed out, uh, Gabber Arcuis, like, hello, Stella Firmer is an awful lot of just two white men shouting. Uh, can you mix it up a little bit? And we were yeah. like, yes, yes, that's a good point. Yeah, because as much as we made all the ancillary characters, um, either women or non-binary or, or, or what have you in the end, at the end of the day, it was Tim and Ben Meredith yelling for 90% of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one is from Raspberry Heaven. What was the process for creating the songs for Cabaret Night at the Cosmic Lounge? Uh, well, I can answer this question. Ben, please. Uh, so I was like, Tim, bring me songs of David Seven. Yeah. And then um, and then Tim went away and, and brought yes, me some pictures of Spider-Man. I didn't want that. I wanted songs <laughs> of David Seven. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a cigar stubbed out of my arm so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I keep uh, one lit next to me at all times i don't smoke them i just need no them you've actually got a little like a little a vacuum pump just to sort of like suck air and just gently keep yeah, it alive yeah, just, yeah. yeah it's very it's a very elaborate for um what is quite a cruel joke yeah yeah, yeah it was uh it was very much uh i started messing around on garage band and needed a thing to focus on because we did a lot of there's a load of singing in the show lots of checks singing in the show people are like oh you should do songs and then I was like, oh, I could try and make some songs. Oh, I'm awful at it, but I can sort of hammer it into some sort of shape. And uh, and then Big Daddy, Daddy Production Dollars Alex turned up. And uh, and we took those demos to a production team that I know and I do improv with. I am performing with both of them in the fringe, one, one on the desks, one on the guitar. And we sort of, yeah, hammered it into shape. They went away and did a huge amount of instrumentation, a bit of rewrites, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It's it's you know what I would like to do another one if we can. I think there's a possibility that we could do some more of that either directly with Delafirm or with something else, because again, there's a lot of I did so much of it on my own without knowing what the hell I was doing, and then later bigger boys came in and and like took me by the shoulder and said, "Okay, step away from the keyboard. We're going to sort this out for you now because this is all wrong." <laughs> but yeah, that was that was roughly how it happened. 
Uh, so this question is from Sandy X Andy or Sandy Zandy. I think go with Sandy Zandy. Sandy Zandy. It's a lot of fun. Um, how are Enola, Harry and Actorax doing? We know how Harry's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Harry is yeah, locked well, yeah, in if a... You, if you've listened to the final... Oh, that's true. Finale, this has been written before people know. Yeah. So uh, we do now know... You well, know actually, what's happened with Harry and Enola. Enola's get a post-credit sequence. If you're listening to this being like, no, they didn't listen to the after the credits Ooh. and give us our dues because Ooh. there is a post credit sequence that I wrote. Mm. Um Actrax couldn't tell you. <laughs> couldn't tell you. I evacuated uh, evacuated in some form yeah, I Actrax imagine. would have been evacuated along with everybody else. I mean unless unless she had too much work to do and wouldn't leave her desk and then burst. And then died, yeah. And then died. Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean I wouldn't say No, nah, I mean Actrax was alright. I think she did have one of the more overtly evil jobs. Yeah, yeah. Just because but she seemed was like a, bit... a decent person, just doing their job. Now, obviously, that I was we just get into doing a my job as a whole. Evil very quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know. For living in that system, she was probably no better or worse than most of the people in Stella Firma. Yeah, but people sure wanted to wife her, and we'll, we'll always remember. We'll always have Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a question from Moose. Uh, is there a new project you're working on or is it fully fleshed out production of Timebots TM? Now, I don't know when this is coming out, but I am hoping to do a little Timebots episode. <laughs> Only a small one. But I, we did the, 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 the concept of Timebots tickled us greatly. Um, <laughs> and we think at least a trailer uh, for that would be forthcoming. Um, but in terms of sort of like, yeah, what next? Because there are definitely plans to do something. We're not planning to, to finish this and, you know, shake hands and or walk on three different directions. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a couple of ideas that we're working on. Probably, you know, it's going to have a not too dissimilar format in terms of small group improv, because yeah. that is a format that we really like, and I'm certainly not scripting things. Um, so unless they provide yeah. me with a writer, uh, and well, at that stage, <laughs> I'm just being cast in a separate thing. But no, we are we are we are working on it, Moose. So I've got a question here from Daniel. How often did you have to stop and redo a scene because someone forgot that Stella Firma only serves slurry? Hundreds of times and we still missed it a load of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just fun talking about food. It turns yeah. out, there you go, that's something I'd change. <laughs> yeah, we would change that. Just let them have food. So we could food. have food. We could just have food. The slurry oh was like a God. fun one-off gag, which we then were like like a millstone around our necks. Like, we should have said, only clones eat yeah, slurry could have been and then everyone else can because we, we ended up having sort of little exceptions like the clients had food and so you yeah, could l- steal food from like the client kitchens yeah and like in in david seven's cafe he sold muffins but the muffins were just slurry compressed into the well, shape that's it. of muffins we kind of slurry's applications kind of grew and grew because you know i mean fundamentally it's like it was going to just be like a gray goo in a bowl and then yeah. we were like, well, that's boring. You know, especially we've got alcoholic slurry that's just drinks. <laughs> and also the ecosystem of like, we only alcohol. eat slurry, but there's so many varieties of normal alcohol. Why? You know, Who could say? <laughs> yeah, you, look, you can't get a roll, but you can get whiskey. Yeah. Hmm. And, and pink okay. gin. What's going yeah. on? And cocktails. Just so many cocktails. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that we had that question because it gave us an answer to a question earlier that we didn't have an answer for. Yeah. That bloody thing. Yes, Have absolutely. food, please. Uh, Nix has asked, was Trexel's empathy arc always an intended plot point? No. Yeah. In season three, we knew that we needed to give him a little bit of... Am I using the word pathos correctly? Uh, 
Yes. Yeah, but we we wanted to very much straddle the line because what we didn't want to do and hope we didn't end up doing was giving Trexel a redemption arc. And if you've listened yeah. to the final episode, he did not sacrifice himself. He made a mistake. You yes. know, it, he is not a good person. Um, but you know, having having some thoughts for other people's feelings. Um, but he did not like change and be- get better as a person because people don't. <laughs> yeah, and like that's it. it, it... I I really don't like narratives where it's too clean, where everyone's like, oh, we've all learned a lesson and we're all fine. It's just it's just not like it's just not how real life works. No, so... Trex is very much a product of his environment. And, you know, in in universe time, six weeks or so yeah. with a clone would not change a whole yeah, lifetime's and... worth of learned behavior. You know, sure, you can you can discuss like you know how much is a Trexel a product of his own environment. Obviously, he went through some extremely traumatic experiences as a child. The, the meat pile with the note yep. saying "earn it." Yeah, exactly. Like lots and lots of stuff like that. So, you know, and that's that's a question, right? That's like nature versus nurture, which is not a, a question that I think anyone really has an answer to. It's so. probably accidentally the deepest question we have asked in all of Stella Firma, and we didn't intend to ask it. <laughs> it uh... I don't think it's. I don't think it's that fair to us to say that we didn't intend to ask it. Yeah, it's, I, a, yeah. it's a character thread that we found interesting. Like, sure, we haven't. We didn't sit down and go. You know, what is the brief for Trexel's character? But yes, you know, that's yeah. the fundamental thing about Trexel. Is like, well, it, to be honest, it's that you get to shout with a funny voice. Is really the point of Trexel's character. Ben, come on, don't don't don't. It's good, spot. Tim. Tim, <laughs> we built a show around exactly that. Point. And I hope to build many more. Look yes. forward to new characters <laughs> such as a uh, uh, Drexel. Hello, I'm different. Crexel, <laughs> I'm also a da- that different person. <laughs> I've got a hat. Yeah. I think we'll take one final question. Um, and this one is from Anthony. And Anthony says, I know you said the reason you started Telefirma was an excuse to make time to regularly spend together. Um, has doing the recordings from home sort of sucked the fun out of it? Or are you still getting what you wanted from it spending time together, presumably weekly? And now that it's over, are you going to... Uh, be looking to other projects together. I know we've answered that last one, but I think an interesting point on the first one, because yes, the whole point of of, of starting Stella Firma in the first place uh, is because we're awful, awful people uh, who are terrible at keeping in contact with each other, despite the fact we like each other a yeah. reasonable amount. We need, But we need projects and deadlines. We need projects, because if it's like, oh, I'll just go spend time with Ben, I realise that it's been six weeks and I forgot to text him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, So and, and that was really, really fun in, in the early days. Um, but I don't know about you, Ben, but I think quite apart from sucking the fun out of it once we got used to it recording remotely has actually worked really well yeah and given everything that's going on a nice excuse to be forced under even more difficult circumstances to spend time with each other because both ben and i despise the zoom hangout oh, i don't i oh, it's, it's i think we're, we're not alone in thinking it's very very difficult to just be like hey let's just get on onto teams or skype or zoom and just have a chat it gets very quiet very quickly not a small talker not a small neither talker. of us we do big talk we do yeah. massive talk um and so having a, a project to you know drape over that format means that we you know we come on we have a catch up we have a chat we mess around and then we do the episode and then we have a bit of a debrief and you know and then the streaming as well very similarly it's just yeah, a, yeah. so i think although it's not quite the same as you're getting in a studio together given everything that's going on i'm really really glad we had stella firma as yeah. a thing to do before this the world went weird um yeah. because without it i think we probably wouldn't have spoken all that much in the last year probably not very like- sad yeah, and there's definitely like it definitely hasn't at all sucked the fun out of it. And there yeah. is a, there is definitely like with all performance, 
being in the room with the people obviously gives it an element which you don't get online, which is the physical element. I think it's Luke been... Besson calls it the fifth element. Ah, that was what it was. It was tables. <laughs> Fire, water, earth, air, and, and tables. tables. Tables for Ben to hit uh, on yes. his microphone. Shut up. Uh, but no, I think like, and it's been really good that it worked um, remotely, not only because it let us finish Stella Firma, but also means that, you know, um, any future projects we have kind of doesn't matter where we are. Help with guests as well. Like, really help with guests. Because you can get people who don't live in Brighton. <laughs> yeah. And, when, and it was like, well, what are we supposed to do? We're, we're two of us in the recording studio and we Skype the third person. What a yeah. ridiculous thing. That would never work. And then we had to. And Rusty Crew were like, right, we bought remote recording kits that we will mail to people. And all yeah. of a sudden, and he's from the US and Jenny recorded from home. And, you know, and, and Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. You know, yeah, Maddie, well, we, did, we, Maddie did it all rec- remotely. We got, Al- we got Alison there externally. Is a, there is a whole story because we didn't realise until afterwards two of us were on, uh, two of us were were on cardioid mics one of us was on a dynamic mic and that's part of the reason that maddie has a vocal effect on ah. <laughs> which actually again a wonderful example of constraints creating better ideas the idea of re-recording that was so onerous to everybody because re-recording improv and trying to make it vaguely the same is possibly the worst thing you can ever ever do um and so having to think well what what can we do with the vocals and then that ho- whole sort of like Vice Admiral Fun sort of broadcasting over a hollow, ho- uh, over a hologram Whoa. from an empty studio somewhere deep in the bowels. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's the ship. same thing for uh, Actorax because yeah. Annie doesn't have a dedicated re- recording space. Had so to she had to record it in a cupboard. A cupboard, which the, is quite the, echoey. A cupboard and a cupboard in which the laptop wouldn't go. So she set up the laptop, started recording it, and then closed the cupboard door <laughs> with, just alone with, with, with a cables. microphone. So we could just hear us, but couldn't see. <laughs> it was a very strange yeah, yeah but then that, we that had was... you know the fun the fun image of, of actor acts just like just on an ipad little, on, on wheels tv screen on wheels <laughs> uh, which is a lot of fun yeah and we wouldn't have written that written that yeah we sort of just no. were, were, were forced into being better yeah because i think that was genuinely one of the ones where we were talking to annie before the recording and she was like this is about as good as it's getting we're like okay yeah, well, we'll just have to I, see how this goes because in fact we we went to go record first time and it was like very very bad echoey room and then mm. we went to record a second time with the cupboard solution and it was a little bit better yeah but it all worked out people loved her yeah yeah very good okay um well i think that's all we've got time for um unless you have any others that you're burning to answer ben oh oh we've got we've got one that i think okay. is just for you and it's just a little coda oh lovely a, a little final question how many of the jokes about people who work in marketing were about callum and this is asked by callum the chief marketing <laughs> officer of rusty quill <laughs> Well, I don't think anything was some sort of pointed jibe, but I think we all know that the art of marketing has a few foibles that we like to wryly poke fun at. No, this wasn't some sort of character assassination attempt. I mean, you know, we have to we have to remember, of course, Tim works in recruitment, I which is recruitment. another one of those industries which I has a sales mate. You know, it's it's. Yeah. I am very lucky to work for a very nice company in a nice part of the business. I am aware of other recruitment companies where it's like working in the seventh circle of hell well, because that's sales. Trexel's 10-step program for ultimate sales domination Directly is basically on... cribbed from actual sales training I have been through. Not all of it. You know, at no point did somebody say, pretend you're dying to get them on your side. <laughs> but not, not as far away as you'd want um, from, from some of the things that are taught. I, I hasten to oh. add, not with my current company. They're a nice bunch. But uh, in previous jobs and in previous trainings, 
little bit of that, little bit of soul-destroying sales training. So, you know, mostly, as with, well, I suppose most of Stella Ferber, it's just a way of sort of yelling into the void, I've found. I don't know about you, Ben, a, a cathartic yell into the into the void. Well, I, I didn't get too much uh, yelling, but more sort of screeching into the void, I think. Yeah, sort of honking into the void yeah. for Ben. <laughs> Things are bad. <laughs> I'm not a ghost, but I could be. Ooh. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, well, as Ben's already <laughs> said goodbye, I think we shall, we shall finish it there. So thank you so much for joining us for this uh, uh, Season 3 Q&A. Um, we will see you all another time. Bye. Oh. Oh, God, I'm going to have to get the Ghostbusters in. And Busted makes me feel ill. Stella Firma is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello listeners, Imogen here, letting you know all about the latest Rusty Quill original podcast on Neon Inkwell, The Pit Below Paradise. The Pit Below Paradise is a US coming-of-age tale set years in the future, in the ruins of a burnt world. Small communities struggle in the ashes, and in Paradise Village, Dorian is set to sacrifice himself for the hope of a better tomorrow. At least, that's what he thought. But when the date of prophecy is pulled into question, Dorian's whole world is turned on its side. Forced to attend college to keep up appearances, Dorian meets Will, a former gravedigger with no reason to suspect his vibrant new roommate might soon be facing death, and Ruth, a returned runaway, trying to make peace with the past. As Dory only just starts to learn about herself, she is forced to choose whether she still believes everything she was told growing up, or whether she wants to place her trust in a wider, more daunting world that she's only just come to know. The Pit Below Paradise is available now on Neon Inkwell, our ongoing home for full cast fiction podcasts written by creators from all around the world. Just search Neon Inkwell wherever you get your podcasts.